There. Oh, wow. Look how nice you look. You are looking fancy in your Easter best. I am absolutely loving it. Are you enjoying your day so far? And, uh, you know, I'm thinking I'm seeing sunshine out there, so this could just be an epic Easter. I'm thinking. I'm just thinking. Let's, let's, uh, let's just call it in. No more rain. Hallelujah. We had a great day yesterday with the egg hunt, and uh, thank you to all of the volunteers that came and helped and, and worked so hard and uh, got your feet muddy. Hallelujah. Boy, I don't know about this uh, Easter egg hunt on a muddy day, but we survived. I, um, there was a little boy that came in to use the restroom, and it was quite cute. He walked all the way into the middle of the foyer, and then I watched him. He was like, oh, my, my feet. So he starts wiping them on the carpet. It's <laughs> like, honey, honey, see the mat over there. It's for, the, for that, you know. <laughs> it's kind of cute. But, you know, we all had fun. Amen. Well, we're going to get into the word today and uh, hear what the Lord has for us on this Easter And uh, I just want to start, you know, I didn't know where to start. When it comes to Easter, there's so much to say and so much to to get into. I just didn't know where to start, so I decided I'm going to start at the beginning, okay? So just open your Bibles to Genesis 1-1. Let's just, you know, get it to the beginning. Uh, You laugh at me, but I'm actually telling you the truth. Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. And God said, the first words ever recorded, let there be light. God's first recorded action, his first words were, let there be light. We always have to pay very, very, very close attention to the first time when things are mentioned. And I would have to say that this probably is the most important thing to pay attention to because it's the first thing ever mentioned. Light is absolutely so central, so so important to God. It's the very first thing he did in a very dark and formless and shapeless world. He didn't fix it, he didn't change it, but he called light to shine upon it. Let there be light. And I absolutely agree. When he said those words, he charged the very atmosphere of all that we know with a thing called light. The very atmosphere, the very, the very creation pulses with light. The energy that flows from this light is so incredible. We only see a very small segment of light. Did you know that? The spectrum of light is very, very broad, but the part that we see is a very small sliver. Light is the the action of photons, actually, moving at a very, very fast rate. In fact, it goes at, let me get you the right number. Light travels, these photons, these, these waves of light, these photons that are being dispersed and dispensed constantly are going at a rate of 186 miles per second, per second, whereas sound only gets about a mere 1,000 feet per second. 
Light goes at 186 miles per second. The energy, the strength, the life that comes in light is incredible. Did you know that um, the very, just the power of light energy is incredible. Light, you can take light now. They can take light and do the most intricate eye surgery. No blade, no touching it, just zeroing light into it. And the energy from that light just goes in there and cuts and, and heals and changes and, and unifies and, and puts together light. You can do surgery with light. And then you can take that same light beam and intensify it even more and you can cut through steel. Light. It's so incredible. In fact, they say that within a decade, the preferred military uh, way of shooting missiles out of the sky is no longer going to be with another missile. Do you know what it's going to be with? Laser. Light. Your TV and your telephone is light. Fiber optics. What? The power of light. It is so powerful. In fact, they're even working right now on developing uh, spacecraft that actually have big sails that can catch light waves. And it will move that spacecraft in, out in space. Can you imagine that? Light is so incredible. It was the first thing God made. Light is the key of life. Light comes and it, it absorbs into leaves and those leaves produce plants and produce food. It's, it's our, you know, if the sun ever quit shining, we would all die because there would be nothing left to eat. It is the source of life. These photons, these, these crazy photons that are, that are cr- just bombarding us. Remember I told you, it, I, when he said, let there be light, he energized the entire universe with this. And we don't see, like I said, we don't see much of it. There's gamma rays and there's x-rays and there's, there's uh, radio waves and there's microwaves. There's all sorts of waves of light. And we see a very, 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 very small portion of that. But that little tiny portion that we see, that little tiny portion that we see is made up of many other different waves. Waves of energy, waves of light. And every single wave has a different frequency. And do you know what those waves are? They're waves of color. That's what they are. All of light is color. It's not just light, it's color. He sent, not only did he create light, but when he created, said, let there be light, he also said, in essence, let there be color. Because the light waves, all of them are assigned a color. So whenever you see light, you're actually looking at color. And can you imagine, why did God create color? It's not, it doesn't have anything to do with existence. It doesn't have anything to do with living. You know how like, evolution says it's all about you know, the survival of the fitness. Fittest? Fitness. Did you hear that? The survival of the fitness. <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with any kind of survival. It is a gift that God placed in the light that he created at the very beginning. The dawn of creation. Color. Color. What would life be like without color? 
Oh, to watch a sunset as it goes down and watching the reds and the vibrance, colors, oranges coming out and popping out. Have you ever been to, to a Grand Canyon and you look out and there's these colors, vibrancy of life. Whoa. Life in color. Incredible. Light dispels darkness. In fact, it's, it's said, if you look up darkness, what is darkness? Darkness is the absence of light. So wherever there isn't light, it's dark. Wherever those words that God spoke, let there be light, wherever that is not, it is dark. So what is dark? Dark is the lack of light. What does light bring? You know, I was reading, I was like, okay, let's, uh, let me say, I need to know everything there is to know about dark. So I looked it up. And you know what? There's not a whole lot to know about dark. And in fact, one of the websites said, we don't know much about dark because it's kind of hard to study. You can't see it. But I do know one thing. When I was a little girl, my mom would tuck me into bed and she'd flip the light out. I got scared. Anybody else in the room get scared when the lights would go out? This is long ago, okay? So help me out. Anybody else get in the room get scared when the light would go out? Come on, face your fears right now. Just, just the first step is to acknowledge. Yeah. No, I got scared. Darkness is always associated with fear. Or very closely associated fear. It's associated with nothingness. Darkness is associated with the unseen, with death. But I will tell you, wherever there is light, there is no darkness. But without light, there's always darkness. Darkness is the the beginning place. In fact, the Bible said in Genesis 1, uh, you know, in the beginning, the earth was formless and and void and it was darkness, a deep darkness, some of the, the translations say, covered the earth. So whenever there isn't light, there is a deep abiding darkness. But I will say, anytime light comes, darkness is gone. They say that light requires a source. And I find it very interesting if you think about it. Genesis 1.1, God declared and created light, but he hadn't created the sun yet. Did you ever think about that? The sun doesn't come until day four. No sun, no stars, no moon, but light. God created light before he created the sun. And light requires a source. So what was the source? What was the source of that light? That light that shines so bright. The Bible's very clear in the Hebrew that that light, the let there be light, was a being. And the, the Hebrew's also very, very clear that in the, in, uh, on the fourth day when he created the sun, those words in Hebrew mean light bearers not light sources. God's making something very clear, that he is the source of all light. 
And the things that we look at thinking they're the source of light are only light bearers, light reflectors. But God is the source of all light. If you will look up John 1, verses 1 through, and I don't know that I'm going to go all the way through 14, Cayenne back there, but I'm going to go ahead and read this because I'm going to tell you what God says about himself right here in, in the form of Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made with him, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness could not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He only came as a witness to the light. That is telling us that Jesus is the light. He is the light. Jesus is the light. Not a reflector of light, not not a bearer of light, but that Jesus is light. And I want you to remember now, what about light? Light's pretty incredible. Light pulsates in the entire universe. Kind of going back to that, that concept of there's so much light energy all around us that we don't even know what half of it is. In fact, they call it black energy or black matter. They don't know what it is, but it's pulsating. And it's creating things and it's creating forces and it's, it's out there, but we don't know what it is. There's so much energy pulsing. And that passage there tells us that Jesus is the light. Not just the light that you see, but the light that pulsates and innervates and energizes the entire universe. Someday they'll find him. Maybe. Someday. So that light, that light came to to earth. It was born, grew up. Started his ministry, did amazing things. Opened the eyes of the blind, raised the dead, walked around, spoke of love, spoke of life, spoke of great things that people in in that time frame, in that era, were so beat down. They did not have a furnace. They didn't have, you know, lights to switch on. It was a dark time. It was a difficult time. And Jesus, the light of the world, came and began to speak amazing things. Amazing things. Turn over to John 8. We find Jesus in John 8 speaking to the woman caught in adultery. What an embarrassing moment for this woman. It was the end of life as she knew it in more ways than one. Because they all had stones and they were ready to throw them at her and end her life because of some choices that she had made. And we find Jesus there. And he bends down into the, the, the earth and he starts drawing about, you know, writing things in the earth. We don't know in the ground there, in the dirt, we don't know what he said, what he was writing. But his thought that maybe he was beginning to scratch in there the sins of those holding the stones ready to throw them. And when he looked up, 
Slowly but surely, everyone standing there had dropped their stones and walked away. This is the light of the world. This is what he does. This is what he does. This is what he does. This is why he came to earth. He wanted to show us that regardless of anything and everything that we've done in life, he is there to find us, meet us, forgive us, and take us to a better place. So he looked at the woman. And he said, woman, where's your accusers? And then he went on to say this. He spoke to all the people. And he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus was declaring something, something about him, something about his nature, something about who he is and what he is and why he is. He is light. He is incredible. Well, that light continued to minister for a few more years. But then remember, back in John 1, I said that it it says there that the darkness didn't understand him. The darkness didn't get it. So we find when we fast forward, Jesus, the light of the world, and the darkness is so confused. They don't know what to do with him, so they take him and end his life because they had no idea what to do with the effect that he was having on them. They end his life. And I fast forward to the point where he is hanging on the cross. We're all so so familiar with it right now. And at this time of of the year, I want you to turn over to Matthew, if you, uh, yeah, Matthew 27, if you have your Bibles, or turn, you know, you just flick it over with your light-driven cell phones. And, uh, Let's read this together. If I could get there. Matthew 27, we find Jesus hanging on the cross. We're going to start at verse 45. He's hanging on the cross. He was crucified in the third hour, which is 9 a.m. And in the sixth hour, which is noon until the ninth hour, which would be three o'clock in the afternoon. Darkness came over the land. The light of men, the light of the world is hanging on a cross. The source of light, not just a light bearer, not just one that is a reflection of light, but the very source of light is hanging on the cross. And what happens? There's an epic struggle at that point, between light and dark. Epic struggle. And darkness covers the land. For the first time ever, and for the last time ever, darkness seems to overwhelm light. That darkness is written about all over. It's written about in Jewish history. It's written about in Roman history. It's also written about, and so this makes us believe that this darkness that fell across the land was worldwide. Because in Egypt, there is a a writing by a guy, and I'll get you the name. It's pretty crazy. His name was Dionysus the 
Arapagite. Arapagite, there we go. Yeah, you know. But he he was an Egyptian historian, and he wrote, these are the words he wrote on this day. Either the divine being suffers, or the frame of the world is dissolving. Either the divine being suffers, or the frame of the world is dissolving. Maybe it's both. That's written by an Egyptian, a pagan Egyptian. So we have darkness, and darkness for the first and last time of all of known kind, you know, history, uh, darkness seems to overwhelm light. But I am here to tell you it did not last long. Jesus was taken down from the cross, placed in the tomb, where he laid for a full day and a half, somewhere in there by the time the crucifixion was over, until Sunday morning. And so many of us know the story. The women get up in the morning. And they're going to go to the tomb because the Sabbath is now over. And they're going to go and take care of business with Jesus' body because he was so precious to them. He was their light. And he gets there. Or they get there. And they are surprised with what they find. I'm going to go to Luke this time because I really like how Luke puts it. Uh, Luke, turn to Luke 24. I usually have these marked. Luke 24, verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took spices they had prepared and went to the tomb, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men clothed with clothes that seemed to gleam like lightning. Somebody say lightning. You know, what do clothes look like when they seem to gleam like lightning? I want that dress. I want that outfit. But somehow light is emerging. Light is reappearing. They stood beside them, and in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. And the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, crucified, and on the third day raised again. And they remembered his words. Light is beginning to reemerge. Jesus had risen from the dead. Jesus had overcome the darkness. And Jesus has overcome darkness. And Jesus, even now, is in the heavenly realm. And when you turn over to Revelation and you hear a description of Jesus, it's pretty incredible. Revelation 1, this is where Jesus is right now, and this is how he is seen, and this is how he comes forth. Revelation 1, verse 12, and this is John speaking to us as he was in his his dream and in his vision. He said he was in heaven, and he said, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me, and when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet with golden sash around his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as 
snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire, and his feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held the seven stars, and out of his mouth came a double-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. There is the source of light. And I would say to you even now, even our sun has a limit to it. It will run out someday of its burning fire. But the one who created that sun, who put that fire in there and the source of light that comes forth, he will never, ever burn out. He is, he is the source of light. He does not reflect light, he shines light out. He is the one that made light, imagined light, and created light that we so lovingly enjoy. Jesus, even now, is the light of our world. Jesus' light holds power. His power, the light of Jesus Christ, can shine itself into the very heart of a man or a woman or a child that has been broken, that has been damaged, that's been hurt, and do the most delicate of surgeries. The light of Jesus when applied properly, can be directed at the very metal, steel, thickest chains that might hold you in bondage and it will cut them right on off. The light that resides within Jesus, the source of light, has the ability and the most, the most powerful ability to move and to change and to do in your life. He is light better than any light we have. His light holds life for us. Just like the sun causes things to grow, when the light of Jesus is allowed to shine in your life, you can shut it out. Did you know that? You can shut it out. You can know about Jesus. You can hear about Jesus. You can lay out in the sun of Jesus and get a little tan. But then you can walk in your house, pull the shutters, shut the door, and say, I'm going to live life my own. And when you do that, you block out the very life-giving rays that want to come into your very depth of your spirit. Do not let self-pity, do not let negativity, do not let doubt and unbelief, do not let depression, do not let brokenness, do not let every single thing that has ever happened to you pull the shutters on the light of Jesus. Because it wants to shine into the very depths and the recesses of your heart and your life and bring life to it. Don't shut it out. It's a day-by-day choice. Don't shut it out. It wants to grow in you. It wants to bring forth fruit. It wants to bring forth amazing things. But you've all seen a plant that hasn't had the light of day shining on it. What does it look like? Even Christians, some Christians are. Let the light of Jesus shine inside of you. And lastly, the light of Jesus holds every color imaginable. Every color is in Jesus. The spectrum of his light that he shines is a coloring light. 
It is not gray. It is not black. Wherever there is no light, there is, you can't see anything. It's black. But when light just barely starts to shine, colors don't come out quite yet. Everything looks a little gray. But as light increases, colors become very, very vibrant. Until they become so vibrant with the brightness of incredible light, it just pops at you. And it brings such excitement and such energy. That's what the light of Jesus does in our lives. He colors our world. He doesn't just shine light and it's a bright white thing and we're all kind of the same and black and, or gray or whatever. No way. When he shines his light, vibrant colors, red comes out, the passion of Christ and his love for you. And that thing has to die. In Jesus' name. That thing's really bu- Okay, everybody back to me now. That is bugging me, literally. Is it gone? Okay. The vibrancies, you know, this is just how my brain works. I'm, I'm kind of ADD. It just kind of goes all over the place. But that thing was really bugging me. If it comes near you, just, you know, like, if you have, if, like, kill it, okay? Anyway. So, the vibrancy of the colors of Christ in our life. The red, come on back to me now. The red, the passion, the love of Christ the love of Christ, the the bright blues of peace and serenity that he brings into our lives, the yellows and the oranges of joy and happiness and playfulness and, and fun comes into our life. He brings that vibrancy. Amen? Oh, my word. Should I? Yeah, there. Now what? Somebody help me. Forgive me. Whoo! I gotta work on staying cool up here. You know, there was a fly once that was doing the same thing, only I was sitting down there and I was just cursing it in Jesus' name. Because Dwayne was preaching up a storm and I was cursing it and cursing it and cursing it. You know what it did? It landed on my Bible. So you know what I did? And then I was like, Where were we? Red. No, we already did red. Blue, orange, and yellow. The colors, the colors of Christ in our life. He doesn't want us blah. He doesn't want us dark. He doesn't want us gray. He doesn't want us just blacks. You know, just, you know, those, he doesn't want that. As he is allowed to shine in our life, the light that comes begins to vibrate inside of us and bring out brightness and vibrancy and life and love. And I choose even today to live in his light I choose that darkness and and heaviness and grays do not color my life. But I live in the very brightness of who he is and what he has to offer me. 
Colors take our breath away, and life comes to life. And where there is no light, there is no color. All is dark and all is gray. But when light comes, the colors come out, and we become something incredible. And that's where life is. Amen? I'd like for us all, if we could, to stand. And I'd love the band to come. We're going to finish up here in just a few minutes. But before we move into our fun baptisms and our fun times here today, not that we haven't already had a few, but it's been my hope and prayer as I've been preparing this message this week that there would be those in this room who maybe at some point have let the Lord in, let the light in, and yet maybe things in life, the happenings of life, have caused us to maybe pull the shutters, shut the windows, close the door, turn out the light, and to to sequester ourselves in where light doesn't shine anymore. And it would be my greatest desire if this Easter, today, right now, might be a time that you would say, okay, no more. No more. I'm going to let the light shine. I want him to shine. Some of us might not want him to shine too brightly because we might see some things we don't want to see. But when Jesus shines his light, it has nothing to do with the bad things that you're going to see because he so graciously and lovingly takes you to that place and removes those things. But his goal is to shine the light so bright to show you his life and love inside of him and to bring color. Maybe there's those of us standing here that have not ever asked Christ into their life. You've heard about him, and you've certainly heard about him today. I don't know what you've heard of him. Have you heard of him as being just this big, mean guy in the sky? Have you heard of him as being judgmental and and just hating you because you have chosen things you shouldn't have chosen? Is that the God you know of? I am here to say that that's not the God I know of. He's a God of love. He's a God of life. He's the God of light. He's the God who wants to come and release you. He wants to come and shine his light into your heart and do the most delicate of surgeries. And then he wants to take his light and he wants to do the most radical breaking of every chain and bondage in your world. He is light. So take a minute, just close your eyes, bow your heads. And if any of you would say here today, Joel, this is my Sunday. I have thoroughly enjoyed watching you smash bugs. But right now, I want this light. I want this light in my life. 
I want it. Would you throw your hand in the air today and say, today is the day. Today is the day. I see hands all across this room in Jesus' name. I see hands. I see hands. I see hands. And Father God, I say right now, in Jesus' name, let's all repeat this after me. Say, Father, we love you. We love you with all of our heart. I have heard of you today. I want you in my life. Shine your light within. Shine your light to the deepest, darkest places. Dispel all darkness in my life. Bring light into the deepest places. Do your intricate surgery on my heart. And then take it and blast every chain that has held me back. In Jesus' name, be the Lord of my life. Change me. Rearrange me. Set me on a course. I will no longer be in darkness. But shine in the light. Color me with your colors. Show me who you are. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, give him a hand. Woo! God is so good. God is so good.